Hello, I am so glad you chose to join us this morning. Welcome to the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. Today's date is August 15th, 2021, and our text for this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Please join me in reading God's word. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You might notice that our passage today actually starts with a be very careful then. So before we actually dive into this text, I think we need to look backwards just a little bit. So chapter 5 starts with this exhortation, this instruction from Paul to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then there are some specific instructions about how we should act in the world as children of God, as representatives of God's love. And it's really interesting because throughout Ephesians, the word that we're translating to live is the word to walk more literally. And so here in verse 5, it says, here in chapter 5, starting in verses 1 and 2, we're following God's example, walking in the way of love, just as Christ loved us. And there's some specific instructions, and then there's this reminder in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, or walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. And then we've got a little bit more exhortation here. And the part of a hymn, part of an ancient hymn is here, just before our passage starts. It says, shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illumined becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then our passage starts. Be very careful then how you live or how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. And so these instructions come to us because we are sleepers who have been woken up from the dead. We have been woken up by Christ, by God's light in our lives. We have risen up from the dead alive in Christ, to use Paul's words from earlier in Ephesians. 
and Christ is shining on us. Now the first image that comes to my head here, I'll be honest, this summer when the sun was up at 5 a.m., I felt like a sleeper being woken up from the dead when it would come through my window. Granted, I probably should have gone to bed a little bit earlier, but it was light way late. And you know, when it's still light at 10 o'clock at night, who really wants to go to sleep? But then the sun comes up again at five. And that, that's the first image in my head as I'm reading this passage is that desire to cling to sleep for just a little bit more. And the light is just right there blinding you, inviting you, rise up, sleeper. Shake off your slumber. Christ will shine on you. What happens if we're sleeping, like me at 5 a.m., and Christ shines on us? Propose first, there's a feeling of discomfort. Ah, oh, it's so bright. Just 10 more minutes of sleep, please. Then, if we're going to live into this light, if we're going to walk in this light, something inside us shifts as we become reflections of this light that is shining on us the world and so so then we get to our passage be very careful then how you live or pay very close attention then to how you walk I don't know if you've noticed but sometimes my dad and I walk the same way and apparently our walk is enough different that my mom can pick one of us out of a crowd just by watching the way we walk. It's that kind of, of imagery that's here. This isn't just about existing. This isn't just about waking up and being able to breathe, though that is wonderfully nice and sometimes really hard when it's smoky. This is about how you act as you go through your day, how you walk, what kinds of things are imitated in or reflected in you and your actions. And this be very careful then, it could be translated, pay close attention to what you're doing. Don't just get up and go through the motions again. Don't lose track of what you're doing. Don't sit down on the couch for a few minutes and then wake up three hours later without any idea why. Um, don't just go through the motions of your day, going to work, brushing your teeth, eating your food. Pay attention, not just to what you're doing, but to how you're doing it. And he says, not as unwise, but as wise. There's a few implications here. One implication is that it's unwise, it's foolish to just live in an unexamined routine. So 
it's possible, I know from experience, to roll out of bed in the morning with the light shining brightly or in the winter without any light at all and kind of groggily stumble to the bathroom and kind of run a comb through your hair maybe, brush your teeth a little bit, stumble out the door, you go to work, you spend all day at work, you come home, and you kind of have this vague recollection in your mind that you got ready and you went to work and you came home. And you know you did these things, but you don't really know what you did while you're there. You don't really remember the drive to work. You don't really remember everything that happened at work. You were just kind of there in a haze. You don't really remember the drive home from work. In some cases, like, that's the first time that we actually wake up is when we get home from work. The exhortation here is stay, stay in the moment as much as you can. Pay attention to the little things that become so ingrained in us habitually that we can do them without really thinking about them. Because... Not only is it wise to be paying attention and be in the moment and present, but it also gives us the chance to make the most of every opportunity. And this is actually the same sort of word that you would use for bargain hunting. So the image here is make the most of every chance you have to get a good deal. Um, Maybe you've seen some coupon shows uh, where you watch people who just massive piles of coupons and they pour through them and they put together these extensive um, ways of buying what they want or need as cheap as possible. And they'll pour energy into this and they'll be excited about this. And then they will make the most of every opportunity, every little coupon to get their savings. Or maybe we think about somebody who really loves to barter at yard sales and they really put all their energy into going to all the yard sales and bartering with the people selling the stuff to get the best deal they possibly can for the things that they want or need. It's that same word here, make the most of every opportunity. Except the bargains that we're hunting for, the bargains that we're after as Christians, the things that we're investing our life and energy into, what are they? Paul suggested for us, the bargains that we're hunting for are opportunities to walk in the way of love and to reflect love to the world around us. He says, don't be foolish. Well, he says this, the reason that we're looking for these opportunities for love is because the days are evil. There's so much unlove in the world. There's so much hate. There's so much, um, the opposite of love, we've been told, is not hate. It's indifference. There's so much indifference in the world. There's so many problems, and they are on such a massive scale that our brains actually start to shut down in the face of them. 
indifference, apathy, hatred. There's so many things that are not love in the world that we can call the days evil. We can call the days dark as though the sun never came up. But we, as children of God, are called to be walking beams of love and light in the world as though we're holding up mirrors and we're reflecting the light that's shining on us out into our world as we go through it. As we walk intentionally through our days. And yes, to be alive is to walk in the biblical Hebrew sense, which is really interesting. He says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And he's already told us what the Lord's will is, that we be imitators of Christ in the world. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. You could also read this, don't fill up on wine. Don't be like your neighbors who, when they're faced with the the kind of heaviness of everyday life, when they're faced with their same old routine of getting up and dragging themselves to work and dragging themselves home from work and still having housework to do, they fill up on wine, they fill up on alcohol. When they're faced with all the problems in the world, the looming pandemic, when they're faced with debt, they're faced with a lack of food or shelter, their first response is to fill up with something alcoholic to kind of take the edge off. Or maybe to kind of loosen them up so that they can relax. Says that's the way of foolishness. Don't do that. Instead, fill up with the Spirit. Which is an interesting turn of phrase here. He says, you know how you know how the world copes with this. You know that they turn to alcoholic beverages. But you are children of light, children of God, imitators of Christ walking intentionally through your days. You fill up with the Spirit. And not only fill up with the Spirit, but you fill up with the Spirit so much that when you gather together, you speak to one another out of the Spirit. The Spirit speaks through you when you gather. Now there's this saying that you can't pour out of an empty glass. So if you've got a water glass here, but it's empty, and you turn it over, you're not going to pour any water out of this, even though it's called a water glass, right? We have the same image here. We are not going to be able to walk as reflections of God in the world 
if we're not being filled up with God by God's Spirit. And I think it's really easy to read these next verses and think, you know, it's just a matter of gritting my teeth and grinning and trying a little bit harder to sing and make music and be thankful. And you know, if I just keep saying that I'm thankful for everything, it's gonna be true. If I just put a pencil in my teeth and I smile, it's gonna be better. And the studies are mixed. Some studies suggest that yes, if you put a pencil in your teeth and you hold it there, you will smile more throughout the day and you're gonna feel a little bit different in your brain chemistry. It also says that you're going to build resentment in the long term from doing that. That that act of gritting your teeth and smiling doesn't produce the long-term effects that actually being happy or joyful produce. Even if you do it every day, all day, you just get a sore jaw. And so what we have here is not an exhortation to just push through it. These aren't instructions to just keep pouring out of your empty cup or to keep turning over your cup that's empty and hoping water comes out of it. The instructions start with fill up with the Spirit. When everything's looming, when all you see is the darkness, when you don't want to open your eyes and get out of bed, fill up with the Spirit. Don't start by saying everything's fine, everything's going to be okay. Don't start by trying to think your way into making it better. Acknowledge where you are. Feel the feelings where you are. They're just feelings, they'll come and go. Pay attention to any messages they have for you. Don't shove them under a rug where they're going to just build out of control. Give them to God. And then open yourself up to what God wants to do in and through you. Open yourself up to be filled with the Spirit. It's really hard to fill a water bottle or a cup that has a lid tightly screwed on it. You have to unscrew it and hold it under a faucet. John Wesley recognized this. He gave us means of grace is what he called them. Things that we do that we know are ways of kind of unscrewing the lid on our lives and holding it under the faucet for the spirit to fill us up. And maybe some days it really, this one practice that we have of connecting with God really works for us. Maybe it really works for us for months and months and months or years and years and years. But sometimes that faucet gets turned off and we've got to find a new one. Sometimes maybe what's going to bring us the most life is singing songs to God and from God, singing the Psalms, 
Maybe some other times that are going to fill us with the Spirit are hours spent in prayer. Maybe sometimes sitting down in the quiet with God, intentionally being with God, and receiving the grace of a nap are the ways that we fill up in the Spirit. There's no one-size-fits-all with this. You know the practices. I can connect you to more resources of practices if you want. But the first exhortation here is, when the people around you hit the point where they're reaching for the alcoholic beverages, you hit the point where you're reaching for things of the Spirit to fill up with the Spirit. And out of this filling up with the Spirit, as you're tipped over by life, you're going to be speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Doesn't necessarily mean that every time we talk to each other we're going to be singing. That means that our words and our actions and the way we walk through the world are all going to be in line with the Spirit. And that the, when we do sing, they're going to be songs of the Spirit. When we talk to each other, we're going to be encouraging each other in the Spirit. Maybe sharing some of our water with our neighbors. And then we have the instructions, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. When you've got a song in your heart, let it out. Praise God for what God's doing in your life. Don't necessarily start here, unless that's how you're filling up with the Spirit. But let it out as it overflows from your life. And he says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this is the part where we're most likely to pull out our two-by-fours and start swinging them around at ourselves and each other. Now, if I was just a little bit more thankful, if I just grit my teeth a little bit harder, I don't think that's the type of practice that Paul is advocating here. I'd like to propose that what Paul is advocating here is, an, is a living in the moment that recognizes the hard things and is honest about them, even laments them. We have whole books of the Bible filled with the lament of God's people asking, why God? Why? But it doesn't stop with lament. Sorrow may last for the night. Sorrow may last for many nights. But joy comes in the morning, some morning, sometimes by surprise. Being in the sorrow isn't the bad thing. Being in the sorrow with no hope is a bad thing. It might lead you to overindulge in wine and become drunk. 
But if instead you turn to the spirit and are filled with the spirit in your pain as well as when things are going right. There's a sense in which gratitude comes naturally. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to suggest that you try being grateful. Maybe even keep notes of things that you're grateful for. But only add things to the list that you're truly grateful for in the moment. And do it. Add things that you are truly grateful for. And if there are things that you're not truly grateful for, bring those as laments to God. There may come a time when you are truly grateful for them. There may not. God is big enough to handle either possibility. You don't have to worry about offending God with this. Bring those places, those brokennesses, those dry cups to God. And tell God about them. Because God wants to be with you in them too. And God wants to fill you with the Spirit. And yes, sometimes we can be filled with the Spirit and not feel filled with, filled with the Spirit. It happens. That's okay. Sometimes that's a sign of great spiritual maturity. Sometimes that's a sign that we just need to sit a little bit longer with God. Be a little bit more intentional in our practices. And keep waiting for the morning. But we do ourselves a real disservice. We do our community a real disservice. If we just try to grit our teeth and grin through everything. And I think, I think the way that Paul phrases this here, to be filled with the Spirit first, shows us that we don't have to just grit our teeth and grin through it to be good Christians. That as we are walking intentionally in the light and intentionally we're opening the caps on our water bottles and taking the lid off of our water cups, we're holding them out for the Spirit to fill. We're putting ourselves in the way of the spiritual practices that can fill us up. But God is faithful. God will meet us where we are. God wants to fill our cups to overflowing so that we can be walking reflections of God's love in our world. So that our way of walking, our way of living will look like Christ's in the world, which is where the next instructions turn immediately. Therefore, in your relationships, Imitate Christ. Give yourselves up for each other. This starts 
with being filled with the Spirit. This starts with practicing some of the means of grace. One of Wesley's favorites was communion. Another was reading the Bible. Another was praying. What connects you to God's spirit these days? Open yourself up to that. Fill up with it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you have made us your children. You want us to live as your children in this world. You want us to be reflections of your light and love in a world that's lost sight of them. Yet sometimes we're like sleepers going through our lives kind of as though we're sleepwalking. Sometimes when your light shines on us, it's like the sun coming up at 5 a.m. and we kind of have to squint towards it. God, help us to wake up to your light shining on us. Fill our cups, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us so full of your spirit that it splashes out into the lives of the people around us. Make us reflections of you in the world. And help our walk. to imitate yours, that we may be as Jesus in the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Please fill us and guide us this week, we pray. Amen. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Go in God's peace.